Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. Welcome to episode 270 of the AFTN podcast. I am still a free agent, Joe DC. I am joined by Gideon Hill, the voice of uh, TSS Rovers and UBC Soccer, calling in from Surrey. He said if Andy Carroll had real knees, he would be the he would be better than Harry Kane. <laughs> hey guys, nice to be back on the show. Uh, you can confirm that that statement's true, Gideon. You know what? It's. I, I think it's true, you know. He doesn't get enough credit, but Andy Carroll is the man, the legend, even more than Scott Sterling, I'll tell you that much. That won't, oh. that won't be the most controversial thing that you're going to say on this show. Um, across from so. him <laughs> across from him is AFTN Reiter. He has a wall for a free kick, no matter how far away it is. It's Nicholas Ruprecht. <laughs> yep, hello. <laughs> so, gentlemen, today's opening question um, it's been quite a full week of Whitecaps stuff, but we're just going to change the gear up a little bit. If you could pick one MLS player to partner you in a bank robbery, who would you go with, Nick? Uh, I would go with Dax McCarty, because he's a, he's a good setup guy. Uh-huh. Um, keeps and I, it simple. He keeps it simple, and I think if we're doing a two-man bank robbery... <laughs> you need good communication as well. You need good communication as well. Gideon, who do you go for? Would his hair give it away? Oh, wouldn't McCarty's hair give it away? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, if, if Bastian oh. Steinsteiger was no, there, yeah. he would give it away. Playing sweeper or whatever. <laughs> Gideon, who's your uh, bank robber David partner? Villa. David Villa. Because okay. he always seems to sneak in and snag something. All right. Um, I, went yeah. for, I went for a different approach, as I always do. <clears throat> you need power, just brute force. Mm-hmm. So Lala Sabubakar, just to power through. and you know, He can break down any bank vault. Yeah. Um, that comes in his pack. hair too. Yeah, yeah, true. Good hair. Good it, would, hair. it would block the security cameras that were that would be trying to pick us up. He wouldn't. He wouldn't need a mask. He wouldn't need a mask. Okay. Now that we've broken the ice, let's um go to part one of our show. Uh, we always start the show. Now that Gideon's back, we can get back to our regular format. I know. None of so. none of that reviewing nonsense that they do on yeah, Sunday's show. What is that? <laughs> it felt so unnatural last yeah. week for us to do that. So forced. <laughs> <laughs> More forced than. Uh, Three, five, two for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna complete the sentences. Uh, part one of our show. So sentence number one: I feel blank that the Caps have tied the last three games two-two. Gideon. I feel satisfied that 
and the Caps have tied the last three games 2-2. Okay. Nick? Conflicted. Conflicted? Conflicted. I'm like, okay. eh, you know, it's it's good that they're scoring, yeah. but it's not good that they're giving up goals. That's quite too far away from satisfied, though. Yeah. It's like a big kind of... I'm... I'm I'm kind of excited that two two is like a fun scoreline. If you watch, if you see a game, if there's a game that you didn't watch and it was two two, you'd be like, oh, that was probably a fun game. Mm-hmm. Right? It sucks that we got like one point per game in the last three games. But, what but were anyway, you, saying? you were saying earlier we could have won one. Yeah, we could have won, won one game and lost, lost the other two and have the same, same amount of points. points. Yeah, yeah, basically yeah. same outcome. That's like a uh, they a few years ago they changed a win from. Two points to three points. I'm pretty sure that was more than a few years. Ago. Oh, a long time ago. Obviously. <laughs> like, but how old are you, Joe? No. <laughs> but uh, no, like that—that that was a big consequence of that. It, yeah. I think it was to—it pr- was to motivate teams to go at it for to be a bit more, more attacking. Yeah, 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 it was. Um, okay, sentence number two. I know that the caps are blank. Nick. Mid table. Mid table. <laughs> Gideon, I know that the caps are mediocre and improving. Okay. Ooh. Oh, improving. improving. I went on the record yes. last week saying that the Caps are not at rock bottom yet, so I, I'm kind of against that opinion. I'm going to say I know that the Caps are inconsistent. Mm. Just dodging okay. the question entirely. <laughs> um, blank does not get enough credit. Gideon? I think Robo does not get enough credit oh. right now as people are you know, harping on him for the 2-2 drives, but he's set up the teams well. He hasn't lost the games. He's rotated smartly, and I think he's got the job done the past couple weeks. Okay. Uh, yeah. Nick? I would agree with what Gideon said, but I would go specifically with maybe Blondell. Okay. I mean... Especially last game. Especially last game. I mean, his pressure forced those two errors. (laughs) I'm going to go with... Especially the first I'm going to go with Aha doesn't get enough credit. Mm. It's been a really good, like, staple back there. Like, the centre-back... It's going to have to be huge, too. Well, the centre-back discussion isn't even a discussion anymore. because Because of him, right? Anyway, that is... That's... Reviewing stuff. We don't do We're, that here. We try not to do that. Not here at <laughs> AFTN Studios, a.k.a. Joe's house. We're looking ahead. And unless I've Googled incorrectly, the Whitecaps play New England next Saturday. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, New England. A new manager, uh, Brad Friedel. Yeah. Blackburn legend, I guess. Uh, <laughs> who else does he play for? United States. Slash, legend, for yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. Slash Fox analyst. Ex Fox yeah. analyst. Yeah, yeah. And a, a notable egg, like yeah. a notable baldy. Um, he, I, I think he's done pretty well since coming in. Oh, yeah. I, I really didn't know what to expect. It hit me as kind of a surprise, and it wasn't until I saw an interview during the off-season of him talking about like his philosophies that I kind of thought, you know, you know, I could see you being a good manager, right? They're, they're doing okay. They're 5-4-2 and two to start the season. Well, yeah. I mean, I think New England earlier last year was kind of a complete mess yeah so they had the whole neat lead lean win win thing god we got to learn how to say yeah. that name on this we podcast. have to learn how to say names in general, in general yeah we'll come Jor, in, Jor, we'll come in Jor and an <laughs> we'll come an hour before each recording <laughs> and brief all the names yeah. Um, yeah no but they've been doing quite well gideon what do you think of their start to the season so far yeah you know it's not it's a little surprising given you know they lost Kamara and Lee win notable, obviously, lost other players. But how many times have we seen coaches that used to play or players that used to play come in to coach MLS and just so, also around the world? It's pretty cool to see a new regime uh, of coaches used to be players come in and, and do find success as well, which isn't normally something that ex-players do in their first year. That's a good point because a lot of coaches come in who were like recently players and they just completely bottle it Bot- yeah they, it just doesn't work but it seems to be doing okay so far like maybe new- he has that distance 
that maturity. Yeah. Right? He like he was noted as a player for being really calm and um, very professional. He played into I think he was almost forty when he played his mm-hmm. last game for Spurs. Yeah, I think. And I yeah. Think, yeah, and I think what helped him was you know not going right from the game right to managing. It was him yeah. going right to TV, seeing everything. I was kind of from around you know around the league and and being it's, all the different stadiums and atmospheres and kind of knowing that and kind of bottling that up into his coaching style. Mm-hmm. And he talked in that interview I mentioned earlier. He talked a lot about his having the right group with him. I think he knows it's not all about just him being the guy, but also having a team of people that helps him succeed. Yeah, well, people need to buy into whatever yeah. you're selling, right? I think he coached at youth level, like for the U.S. national team as well. Um, New England currently on 17 points, sixth in the East. They are just above the playoff uh, line, which is better than I thought they would be doing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like underneath them is Philly, Chicago, Toronto, <laughs> Montreal and <laughs> DC United. Like those are, t- I I don't think New England will stay there all season, but I wouldn't be surprised if they finished inside the playoffs. No, yeah, especially last like they were a tire fire. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and this is a good turnaround for them. But that's the MLS, right? Yeah, you can be on top of the world one year. Yeah, and almost bottom this yeah. year, right? Well, speaking of. Like not being doing so great. Their last three games, they've lost two of them. They were uh, Montreal was uh, one team that they lost to, who are like way way underneath them yeah. in the standings. And then Columbus was the other one. But Columbus doing pretty well. They're they're third right now in the East. But they uh, they did beat TFC three two. Gideon, what are your thoughts on that uh, list of games there? Yeah, I think beating TFC was key for them, especially. Uh, I mean, albeit TFC's missing a few bodies right now, but. I think it's good for them to get that confidence to be in the MLS Cup champs. It kind of gives everybody a kick in the rear when you beat the champs in the year before. And again, losing to Columbus and Montreal, not really what you want to do. Losing to Montreal, given where they are, yeah. again, in the standings. But Columbus, a tight game, a good, a fun one to watch as well, and a tight 1-0 loss for the uh, Revs. Uh, Nick, a quick your quick thoughts on Montreal. There are three wins and nine losses under Remy Gard so far this season. Yeah, I think this is perhaps a case of Maybe it's a foreign manager coming in. I think there's two things. There's two things that I would pinpoint. One, it's a foreign manager coming in. Hmm. Perhaps not really understanding the situation in MLS. We'll call that the Owen Coyle effect. Continue. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Maybe the the third thing is maybe it's just me, but I get this feeling that like I feel like you can't. Piatti is aging. And he's been their, like, superstar. There's rumors today that Piatti might be on the move. Yeah, and he might be, uh, like, a little bit disconcerted because of that. But also, he's aging, right? Yeah. So, and I feel like a lot of, like, that core of that team that went to the CCL finals is kind of aging out. And, Mm. you know, this is maybe the rough patch of the changing of the guard. Yeah, could be. Just to bring it back to... To New England, who who were playing, uh, let's zoom in on their their most recent game. They lost one nil uh, to Columbus at home. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one who thinks New England have like one of the weirdest home stadiums to look at on TV? I I don't think you're in that. The crafts uh, yeah. have not invested in uh, their their stadium. That's Gideon, sure. is that the same stadium that the New England Patriots play at? Yeah, it's that a, is oh the Gillette Stadium. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, um, yeah, like, uh, apart from it being a weird place to to watch watch a game, 
they last week they played a 3-5-2. First time they've played it this season. It's probably safe to say it didn't work. Well, they lost 1-0 to Columbus. But so. they only lost 1-0 on a set piece. So that's yeah. not really a fault of your formation. The aforementioned that's, Abubakar scoring the yeah. goal. Yeah. That's a fault of your marking, in a sense, yeah. during the set piece. So I don't think you can blame the, the formation that they trotted out. I think it was maybe a smart adjustment because... But I'm, I'm looking at their centre-backs right now, and they are not three at the back. Andrew Farrell, maybe. He's quite athletic, but like... Um, Annie Baba, who who we know all too well from playing for Seattle before, he I don't think he's cut out to be more like a to to have like a lot of intense defending to do, you know. One on one. Yeah, yeah, and especially with Zardes for Columbus up front and Higuain and um, like the the Artur in midfield, it just didn't seem. There must have been a reason why he played it. Maybe he wanted to pack the midfield or something like that, or get two up front because Teal Bunbury is having a renaissance season. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's our leading goal scorer with with five goals right now. But I, I think it. Would you guys agree with me in saying that he will not play a three five two away from home in Vancouver? I don't. Well, maybe though, because if you know the Caps game plan, yeah, which we all do, yeah, <laughs> um, it might it might not be a bad idea to pack the box with three three heads, right? And, yeah, and just let them. I can see. I can see why you'd want to play two up front against this Whitecaps defense, mm-hmm. but you would have to give up. If you play the three-five-two, you're giving up the wings a lot, right? And the mm-hmm. only way forward for the Whitecaps is on the wing. So I don't think that would be. If if Brad Friedel does his homework, I don't think he plays uh, a three-five-two against the Whitecaps. Gideon, mm-hmm. what do you think? Yeah, I. You know, I. I'm kind of, you know, difficult between choosing between both of you, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they trotted out a three five two, you know, only one nothing lost to Columbus on the set pieces Nick mentioned, so there's positives to, to draw from that again. But three five two, there's gonna be lots of gaps in behind, especially for Davies and Tachera if he does play. Yeah. But, um, but Gideon Gideon sense, they would so, own they would own the midfield if they played a three five two. And that's exactly the same thing. You saw with San Jose when they came in here last week, they played five at the back and they still, you know, controlled most of the possession and well, Houston know, Houston would be this year, been shut out. Houston would be a, a better example because they completely dominated the Whitecaps midfield it wasn't even yeah, a, it exactly wasn't even a battle, battle in there yeah. Um, yeah so what do you think Gideon there, you, you think you could see them playing a 3-5-2 you said or I could see them, yeah I wouldn't be surprised if they played a 3-5-2 okay. yeah. they, the other formation they default to is a 4-1-4-1 uh, which, which would, is great yeah great. they would double up on the wings uh, have like a triangle in midfield that they could do stuff but they would, but they don't play well with one striker. They would have to play Teal Bun, Teal Bunbury up there, um, who, like I said, is having quite a good season. Um, he leads their scoring with five goals. Uh, Penea is behind him with four, and then Diego Fagundes, who is having a fantastic season as well. Yeah. In that attacking midfield, midfield role, role. Um, I had his key passing stats earlier because on this podcast we love a key pass. He's three point four key passes a game, Nick. That's pretty good. Yeah. That guy is making chances. <laughs> he is making chances. Um, <laughs> what, like, what, if you had to de- describe his role on the team, what would you say it he's, was? He's all, because, like, originally when he was, like, from what I remember watching him before, he was almost, like, more of a second striker. Yeah, and on the wing. Player. And, the and on the wing, and he would cut in. Yeah. But now he's, I mean, it's exciting for, because he's played, hasn't he played for the American I think, team? I think, I think he for, might have. 
I think he's been called up for a couple of maybe like gold cups. He's in that and, sphere of, of yeah, of like, like being on the bench. And America, America doesn't really have that like locked in number. They thought it was mixed disc room for a bit, but it wasn't right now. Well, I mean, there's Pusilic. Um, yeah, but he can play on the left. too. He can though. play on the left, and he's probably better on the wing. Um, yeah. So like, it's interesting. I think he's more of like kind of a floating, roaming. Mm kind of playmaker in that in that sense which is always given license which is always hard to play against yeah he's he's i feel like this year he's maybe being given more license to be creative Mm. to to try the pass yeah you know another strong position that i would say new england have is in central central midfield they have uh like in the more defensive role uh zahibo is their more defensive kind of destroyer uh french french player um and as well as kellen rowe who we uh, accidentally discussed last week because we thought we forgot Brian Rowe's first name. Yeah, him him in the central midfield. Uh, Gideon, what what are your thoughts on that central midfield area? Yeah, I think he has been a great signing to them. He's got um, you know on the score sheet, and they also have Scott Caldwell as well. Uh, can't yes. forget him. He's been solid for them the past couple of years, and yeah, I think they they have a, a good attacking midfield as well as defensive midfield. That's why they're what their record is right now. And Chris Tierney too has been around for a while um just all these and players get deliver a set yeah as well. absolutely all these players just seem to be consistently performing you know just solid mm-hmm. right Gideon yeah and I think that's the key to their success you know mm. talking about Fagundes he was the man in, in New England before Kamara and New Wynn came in and then when they left he's the man again and that just shows you you know the the backbone of the team they've had they've had success they went to an MLS Cup mm-hmm. final they're a good team and I think they've had a couple of rough years but I think they're back in the top six of uh, Eastern Conference. Yeah. Fagundes wasn't in the 18 against Columbus. I'm not sure if that's injury-related, but him being in the team and not being in the team will make a big difference, difference in this game. Yeah. Uh, I think they will lack, obviously, as we talked about with the key pass stat, they will lack creativity going forward absolutely. if he's not there. And despite losing key players like Gideon mentioned earlier, like uh, Lee Wynn and Kai Kamara in the offseason, they just seem to just keep trucking on, right? I think they had an underrated depth. Yeah. And, and they had good signings. And they brought back Christian Nemeth, but he hasn't been playing that much. I don't, I'm not sure why. He was amazing for Kansas. Yeah, 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 when he played before. So that's, I just think they made the right... I'm sorry, I was just going to say, I think you know they brought Freeland at the right time, and I, you know he's made good signings for having a lot of time in charge, mm-hmm. and that's why they're, they're finding success. Okay. Any last thoughts before we move on to the next part of our show about New England? What can like generally? What can we expect from them? Do you think they're going to sit back a bit more, or maybe go for it away from home? They've not been that great. So. I, I think they're going to sit back. Yeah, I think they're going to sit back. I mean, a four four a four one four one makes sense to me if I was Brad Friedel right now. But that's because mm-hmm. I know the Whitecaps' weaknesses. So yeah. I'm not sure how much he would he he probably does know about that. Mm-hmm. Gideon, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think they're going to sit. But I've I've seen Tunisia, their winger, the new guy play. Uh, as well as Fagundes, and those wings are very dangerous. I think they're going to sit back and pressure the Whitecaps outside backs, whoever they may be. Very good. Well, um, that was our review or preview, sorry, for uh, the New England Revolution coming to town uh, on Saturday. I believe the game is at two thirty in the afternoon. Yes, yes, it is. Um, it's been a long time since we've done the next part of the show. Too long, some would say. I thought about doing it with just. <laughs> just nick but then there'd be so much dead air that uh, it's probably a bad idea um yeah yeah. nick has lost all the beats we need to okay let's let's get the intro music out of the way before we explain even more it's time for do you know who i am 
Okay, gentlemen, do you know who I am? Uh, who knows what the standings are? Because I've forgotten. Let me write it down. You're supposed to write... <laughs> I'm too invested. Um, I, I know there's. I'm, so excited for doing I'm pretty I know. sure Gideon is I'm, on. I'm too. I'm too I'm giddy. I think it's Gideon five has, four to Gideon yeah. or something. Right? One, Does that sound yeah. right, Gideon? Yeah. Okay. I've written it yeah, down. Yeah. I've written it's it down. It's, it's not going anywhere. Okay. This week's do you know I am is going to be a little bit different. Okay. Um, challenging you all intellectually oh and spiritually as well. What does that even mean, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> okay, clue number one for this week's Do You Know Who I Am? Remember to say stop. It's been a while. Just refreshing okay. yeah. um, you on the rules. Okay, clue number one. My MLS team has the most representatives at the 2018 World Cup, of which I am one. Stop. Okay. I was going to say LAFC. Um... Walker Zimmerman? No. Okay. U.S. is not going to the yeah, World U.S. Cup. Yeah, U.S. isn't going to the World Cup, can you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That was a Maynor figure out own goal. <laughs> okay. Can, uh, uh, Nick, you want to take a guess while we're here? Uh, most going to the World Cup? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. okay. I'll pass. Okay. I'll pass. I got nothing. So um, clue number two. I have 67 caps for my country. <laughs> Ooh. Stop. Carlos Vela? It is Carlos Vela. Uh, Gideon, on fire. On fire. It's a game of form. I'm it's writing I'm writing down Gideon 6, Nick 4, so I don't forget this triumphant moment. I had so many other clues. I started my, my career at Arsenal. I played for Real Sociedad and the mighty West Bromwich Albion. Of course. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> I have the Spanish passport, is something I found randomly, and uh, yeah, I, I play in the. I play as a forward. I am Carlos Villa. Congratulations, Gideon. Well done. Thank you. Made up for my own goal by Zimmerman there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is Zimmerman German or did I miss something? <laughs> he somehow uh, got picked up by the German team. Yeah. If you have time, go look at go look at the team you can put together of German players who are not going to the World Cup. It's pretty good. It's probably. pretty. It's, it's pretty so ridiculous. Good, though. Yeah, like Mario Götze isn't even in this game. Yeah, I know. And he scored it. the winning goal in the last, last World Cup. Yeah. yeah. All right, that was this week's Do You Know Who I Am? Hi guys, this is Felipe. Thanks for listening, AFTN. Welcome back to episode 270 of the AFTN podcast. Uh, Gideon just like knocked it out of the park with that. Do you know who well, I am? First, he screwed up. First, he screwed <laughs> up. Yeah, is it the ultimate ultimate redemption story. Ultimate redemption. Nick is yeah. still wiping away his tears. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, now we go to the more uh, informative part of the show. I think the white caps preview. So. The Whitecaps. <laughs> the Whitecaps. It was a fun game last week. Um, it was enjoyable. I mean, it was interesting. It, I almost tore my hair out, but it was it was fun. Um, it was a good comeback, right? Like, yeah, for sure. I mean, two goals in the last, what, 20 minutes or so? Yeah. Gideon, what do you think? Good comeback or like just a gong show that they saved themselves from? I'm happy they drew, but I think in the first place, you know, just credit Dallas for playing good first you know, 75, 80 minutes, and I think the Caps deserve coming back, but I think they probably should have snagged something even, you know, before uh, they, they tied the game. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, the goals are finally coming. Why? Why is that happening? The the goals in Dallas, at least, were I think two things. The goals that we've seen recently is it's showing that there's kind of a plan B happening. Finally, yeah. Finally, yeah. Um, it's a little bit of Felipe, yeah, and a I little can... bit of Reina. You know, yeah. I think working together to make that pass before the pass mm-hmm. start happening. Gideon, what's what's your explanation? You know, of note, I think we've seen. I think I don't want to you know knock on wood, but I think we've seen the turn of the page for Reina right now. After the game against San Jose, you know, just being there, see him, see him drop deeper, you know, battle for the ball, get it off the defender, not just waiting to get the pass. I think that was fantastic. And again, Felipe with those assists this year, he's been a great pickup. It's kind of gone unnoticed with the frustration of Tim Parker leaving. And I think it's just the strikers getting good positions, um, not getting lucky. I think the Caps have worked hard for what they've gotten. But I think just overall players are turning a page, and it's looking like a more attacking slash defend as a unit team than we did earlier in the season. I think the the fact that there's now a threat at the top of the box is making a huge, huge difference. Mm-hmm. Because we talked a lot about before about how it's only on the wings that the Whitecaps have a threat. Yeah, there was no one in zone 14 yeah. at the top of the box. Yeah, so that was really right. important that Reyna and Felipe are kind of doing a bit more there. Like that through ball that Reyna played to Teixeira, sure. like against San Jose, yeah. was like... The, exactly what you yeah. Exactly the plan B... Yeah, you need, exactly. Like, something yeah. different. The Caps have gone through kind of a, a transformation recently. Like, we've seen them gone going from... I'm going way back, but like when Pedro Morales was here, you know, a more penetrative team, very direct on the counter, mm-hmm. things like that. Now they've kind of... Other things have gone on, but they've slowly gone to this more bunkering down. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> last season was our ultimate bunker team, right? Yeah. And then now we're kind of trying something else. Are you guys enjoying this evolutionary process, or do you not like what the Caps have kind of become? I mean, obviously, you would prefer your team just to win, um, but it's interesting to see where how it's unfolding, and it will be interesting to see what's this final outcome. Like, what is the... Because I don't feel like the Caps have actually produced the final outcome of this evolution. No. As you say. But, Gideon, do you think it's going towards something or is it just kind of happening to the white caps i think it is going something towards something and it has to if mm-hmm. you have a same playing style for a team for five six years straight you're going to get picked apart and i think the caps chose to change the playing style and their playing personnel at the right time mm-hmm. and in a positive way and i think that's why right now they're finding success and i think they're going to continue finding success this year and, and getting some wins instead of draws it's that's a good point actually i never thought if the caps haven't stagnated a style they move on kind of evolving yeah morphing but it, i i think it's player based though you know is it player based i think it is, is it i think it's player results based, based. i think I it's a, player based no, player based yeah yeah because we pick up more like we pick up greasy players that play this kind of style right and before we had more flair players like pedro morales and um like you could go back to Sebastian Fernandez and players like that who were a bit more passy passy, but yeah, I maybe maybe it's too. But I feel it's like too big of a blanket but, statement but to I say do it's feel completely like player based. Part of it has to be a natural evolution of the the team from the results, right? Yeah, because yeah. you have. You but have the results to... haven't changed. The gaps are still not haven't reached a conference final or anything like that. True, but then they're also not at the bottom of the, yeah. the West, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, They haven't been there since, like, 
a couple of years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. And only once in the last while, right? Mm-hmm. Usually yeah. been a playoff like bound team or yeah. fighting for a playoff spot mm-hmm. anyway. Well, okay, talking about this game though. On paper it looks pretty even. Like New England have the slight edge in the numbers, but the Caps are kind of turned a page on a really bad uh period of the season. Do you guys think it'll look like a more of an even game or is it going to tilt one way? I I think what the Caps really need is they've had a bunch of draws. They need to show that if they can win a game. They can win a game. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, we, okay, we know you can draw, but you can't draw your way into the playoffs. Mm. So 2-2 two, two then, Gideon? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I sure hope not. I'm going to the game on Saturday after watching my Liverpool team play in the Champions League final. But, you know, I think this is the, honestly, at this point of the season, it's a statement game for the Whitecaps. They're playing a team, Eastern Conference team, that's having a good year. Um, you know, you want to get off the, the draw train and get back on the winning train. But and Gideon, I think if they lose this game, it's going to be a, a, a really tough pill to swallow. Go ahead, Nick, there, Joe. You, you could have said that about the Houston game, about the San Jose game. Like, all these games seem to be but the turning points. But the difference between those games is they suddenly switch the style in those games to the 4-4-2. Yeah. So there has to be, if you're switching your style to the 4-4-2, there has to be some leeway for learning. But the fan, these fan, like the Whitecaps fans, don't give. Are fans away. fickle? Of course, that's yeah. the purpose yeah. of being a fan. Yeah, you're not. You, you demand perfection. I, I don't know about you guys. Of course, I've liked the four four two. I just don't like how I don't like how exposed it makes our midfield though. Yeah, and like you can work around it by just hoiking the ball over the the midfield every time, just bypassing it. But like, but then that kind of does play into the Whitecaps strengths in central. Yeah, defense, absolutely. Right? But like no, against a team like New England, sure that might work pretty well. But then you're going to eventually, my problem is eventually you're going to meet a team that can hold on to like the ball in the midfield. Like when we played LA, Perry Kitchen just held off the whole Caps team by himself because they weren't, they weren't doing exactly that long ball kind of thing. They were trying to get it out wide and he was just destroying, right? I don't know. I think I, I like that we have another plan, but I think we should be able to switch back to the old plan when needed. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, like, but I don't. I mean, I would prefer you have two plans and go simultaneously. I mean, it's yeah. a bit ridiculous just to be like, okay, we're switching to this new plan and this is what we're doing only. Yeah, yeah. Because well, again, you're Pep, just... Pep Guardiola has no plan B. <laughs> well, fair. <laughs> Wait, well. you're saying Robbo is not Pep Guardiola? <laughs> Gideon, what are your thoughts on this hot take? I, I love it. You know, I was just going to say before we kind of got off to this preview thing is that when have we ever had the Whitecaps point of view when have we had a, a successful you know three game and eight day stretch where we haven't lost one of the games where we haven't you know we didn't win obviously but we drew and I think that's helpful for us to you yeah. know win not or draw three games in eight days pretty especially given the travel as well that's just my hot yeah. take but we have we I think of the last including this game Four games, three of them have been at home. And if the Caps don't win this one, they'll have not won at home in yeah. in ages, right? Yeah. Like, I think the fan base needs this, these three points as much as, as the players do. Yeah, um, I mean, if you want to get into the playoffs and your road form is not that great, mm-hmm. you need to start getting results at home. Yeah, which yes. the Caps have done before, but it's like this evolution that we've been talking about. Um, it's kind of fallen by the wayside. Um, okay, let's let's talk about some individual players that we've we've been meaning to discuss for a while. Brian Rowe has come in for Morenovic. 
Um, his injury, I don't know if there's information out there about how long he'll be out for. Gideon, what do you think? Has he been okay since he came in for the last two games? I think he's done well for being kind of thrust into starting role um, with Marinovic injured. Obviously not the way he wanted to, to be in the net as they probably want to play his way in and get over Marinovic, but, I mean, he's taken advantage of it. He hasn't really made an incredibly glaring mistake. He's made a couple that maybe, yeah, he could have stopped, but I think he's done pretty well for, you know, a, a good backup, and thankfully we, we picked to row up as we could have another goalie uh, in place of Brian Road rather than an established keeper like the former LA Galaxy man. Uh, Nick, you've brought it up to me, uh, not on the podcast before, about his distribution being quite good. I think his distribution is better. Yeah. Than Marinovic? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, I would need to look at some stats to back that up. But my eye test, Mm -hmm. my eyeballs suggest that, (laughs) like, I like his distribution that he's giving from the back. Um, I think that he's not made any, I don't think he's made any obvious errors, but at the same time, he hasn't made any game. There was one really good save in Dallas. Uh, I forget the circumstance, but I remember thinking, wow, that was a big save. But, like, not as many as Marinovich would. Yeah, exactly. Or even Usted back in the day. Yeah, exactly. I think it's solid, like. I think the player behind him is Sean Melvin. So, like, do you want to thrust a young player like that into this kind of situation? I think it was good that we picked him up. I was yeah. skeptical when yeah. they did it in the offseason, to be honest. Um, I think it was a good pickup. Yeah, yeah. But, like, a player... I, I have good no MLS problem player. with him. I think, like, yeah. it, he's at the back. He's solid. Yeah, great hair, too. Um, <laughs> Waston's going off to the World Cup soon. Will the Caps have to adjust anything while they're gone, Gideon? No. Um, why, if Jose is comfortable and he's playing well, why would you, you know, I don't see a reason for you to change playing style just because his defensive partner is gone. I think you just put Aaron Mond in there, and yeah. if they don't find success, then you change it. But I just think changing it right away is not going to really benefit Jose Aja or the White Caps yeah. defense at all. Nick, you think it's Mond going in there? Uh, I think it's Mond going in here. Okay. There, especially because Daniil Henry is now is your other op- really your but only he, other. But he he did pick right? up an injury recently, and he went for a scan, and I'm not sure if he's actually el- like available mm, to play. Okay. So, so do we be, have any center back depth? Really, it would be Mond and De Jong could play in there, but do you not really not want well. To <laughs> playing um, in center back, who's, who is our other center back? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, where is our center back depth now? Get in, get in. Can you rack your brains? Who's the other center back on this team? At Gazal could play there. Um, no, mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put Gazal. I mean, Juarez. If you really were desperate. Are you serious? Um, Juarez could. I, hey, you said rack my brain. That's just right. I rack that. You know, you have to do more uh, defending in center back than full back, right? And we all saw what happened in that game when he got sent off. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, this is a, that's actually a concern for me. We're one injury away from having a bad forward. time there at that yeah. center back position. That's not good. That is not good. But if okay, if all things go well, it'll be Mond and Aha. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And Mond wasn't terrible when he played at the start of the season. Yeah, but uh, then like, Aha that was played his space. Yeah, by absolutely. Being well, doing a good job. And he is underrated, as I said before. <laughs> so Caps home games. Let's go a bit more general now. White Caps home games are they're they're a fun experience. I don't know how many we've been to like collectively. Probably a, a huge bunch. But what is your least favorite thing about the White Caps home experience? I have a very distinct answer. Mine is the song "White Is the Color" because it drives me crazy. First of all, because it's a uh, knockoff of "Blue Is the Color" by Chelsea, and I'm not a Chelsea fan to begin with, so it already irks me. And then, oh, I'm not going to even go down this rabbit hole. Uh, Gideon, quick, inter- <laughs> get your answer in there. 
Spike. Oh, boo, I'm kidding. I, I think right now it's probably the frustration of not being able to win games at home is what the least favorite thing about White Caps on games for me is right now. Does Spike talk? That's it. <laughs> well, you gotta go up and ask him next time you see him. He was so. near our bachelor party, yeah. and yeah, he so. uh, oh, yeah. we sang happy birthday for someone. Remember? Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, Gideon, what about you? Or sorry, Nick, what about you? I, I would agree with Gideon. It's the the frustration of home form, and I I think uh, maybe it's just my mentality. You know, maybe it's just my emotions clouding me. But I feel like the Whitecaps have always struggled at home. You know, for I wouldn't say time. always. Well, like, remember the Canadian championship that they lost? Like when Will, Will Johnson Will scored Johnson that last score. You're going way back. I'm dude. going way, way but, back. like, this is what I mean. Like, but maybe this is just made an emotional. That's, that's one result. But still, yeah. like, yeah. I feel like maybe this year, this year especially, well, it's been. There was, there was a time where home was a. Like, it's, yeah. it just boils down to evolution process. You're changing your style. It's not going to happen overnight. It mm-hmm. takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I like, the stadium, BC Place isn't a patient stadium. Like, the fans get frustrated really easily. That's true. And, like, people get, like, people actually get angry in the South Side and things like that, right? Like, I, I get the whole evolution thing, but you still need to get results. Like, a season is a long time, you know? Like, yeah. you need to perform well in one season. I'm not saying that this season... This season isn't even the worst season the Caps have had in the no, last three no. or four years, right? I think but, it's just people's expectations yeah. are much higher yeah. because the Caps have been getting into the playoffs multiple times. You know, they want They're to kind see of the Washington Capitals of the MLS. They want to see that. They can't get past oh, a certain point. Good comparison. I like it. Yeah. Well, yeah. well this season, the Capitals, like, they bring it to Game 7 of the conference finals. But, like, mm-hmm. the Caps have, just have a, seem to have a glass ceiling, you know? Well... Where? How come you have that glass ceiling? Then that's a good question. Uh, it could be could be a lot of things. Like we could not have the the depth or the talent to reach there, but mm-hmm. it could be that this organization isn't built to achieve at that level, but is built to exceed the expectations of a lower like tier of expectations. You know, mm-hmm. um, like we we can all agree that like, well, I could, I'll say for myself, like if the Whitecaps win the MLS Cup, it'll probably be like the most positive sport experience I've ever I'll ever have because. You know, I, I'm a Manchester United fan, but like, I, I, I've been following them for a lot longer than the Whitecaps. But I, I feel so much closer to the Whitecaps because you live here. I live here, and like, you know, I'm kind of involved, and I go to games and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, but I, I just don't think the Caps are built to, to do that. Like, mm-hmm. Toronto FC were built to win the MLS Cup, right? Yeah. Atlanta are built to dominate this league and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Caps just, they're just not, and that's not okay with me. Like, it, it just deep down, it doesn't sit very nicely with me. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that whole spiel? Maybe it's because you come from that whole like Manchester United thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson retiring was like have, the worst day of my life. <laughs> you have like you have an expectation. Your expectation is that my team needs to win, right? Well, I, yeah, yeah. I, let's be honest. No, here. but I, I I know that the Whitecaps won't win, but I still support them. You know, I, I know yeah, they won't win. I'm but. not. But your expectation. Is that they should, but win. there there are people a lot more angry than me at how the caps are doing. But, uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm not resigned about to it about it or anything. Yeah. But like I I understand why it's kind of going on, and I I don't think I expect them to win. Mm-hmm. I would like them to win, and and Manchester United haven't won like anything significant <laughs> in the last four or five years, and I'm still watching every game, getting up at six a.m. in the morning to watch those matches. So I don't know. I, there's something there. Maybe I I like 
I've watched my team win a lot, and yeah, I'd like yeah. to see the Whitecaps win. Um, yeah, get in. Thoughts? Yeah, I think it's hard for me to draw back, you know, on a result, a, a tough result that happened in the K Championship years ago. But you know, I think it's frustrating for some fans to watch the team draw or lose at home, especially when you're paying good money to see a team play. Well, and, consistently, you know, right? It's consistently play. going on, like nonstop. Like, like the last, the last few weeks have just been like compoundingly disappointing, right? Yeah, and you know, and in that sense, you know, it's tough for a fan, you know, season tickets or the sell servers or what have mm-hmm. you, it's tough for them to watch. And I think that's why, you know, people are kind of finding it hard to support the team right now. But I, I honestly don't see a reason not to. They're, they're a good team. They're finding, they're scoring goals, as you said, you know, a, a, a draw is better than a loss. Yeah. And I think there's a reason to be happy right now and a big game on Saturday and especially, you know, probably a little bit more fan base with the Champions League final being downtown. People can just drift on over the stadium. So I think it's yeah. going to be a big game on Saturday and can only look to that right now. Can't wait for Real Madrid to wrap that up. Um, <laughs> last thing we'll discuss for the Whitecaps. Set pieces are back, right, Nick? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's been looking pretty good. They're, 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 they have a lot more interesting variation, mm. I would say, in them. There was um, a couple of short ones, right? There was a couple of short yeah. ones. They have, you know... Surprising ones like play a short ball to Waston's feet. Yeah, that was great. That um, was you know, not I, I expected. Gideon, were you in this? You were not in the stadium for that goal, right? For the Waston to Aha, uh, it was confusing. No, was the goal bad. went in, and Aha started celebrating, and half the stadium didn't know what was going on <laughs> yeah. because, like, no one expected it to happen. Yeah. Um, okay, well, set pieces are a big part of the Whitecaps game, and I really hope they push on with this. Tachera kind of seems to have turned a corner. Reina too. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a big part of it. Let's go through the lineups, see what we can agree on. Before we keep going, formation choice, Nick? I mean, I would imagine they're going to trot out that 4-4-1-1 or 4-4-2 hybrid, yeah. hybrid kind of thing, mm-hmm. kind of look. Yeah, I would agree with that. Gideon? 4-2-3-1. Okay. Uh, left back, Gideon, who do you think? Um... That's a tough one. I think De Jong plays well at home. I think he's going to get back in there. I want Levis in there. Or Levi's. Nothing against Levis or Levi. I just, I don't know. I like Marcel De Jong in the last game against the Earthquakes. Oh, yeah. He was amazing. Oh, now that you say that, though. Ooh. He's man of the match almost. Yeah, actually, I'm going to go with De Jong. You've convinced me, Gideon. Yeah. Oh, all right. He had three shots. Come on. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Send you back, Nick. Um, I think... Gotta uh, play... Waston's uh, still here, right? Waston yeah. is still here. Aha. Yeah, okay. For sure. They, okay. They've formed a good partnership. Keep uh, it going. Gideon, you concur? Yes, I agree with the Dutchman. <laughs> and uh, at right back? Um, I think it's going to be Nerwinski. I would go Franklin myself. I'd want to see Nerwinski okay. again. All right. So, uh, Gideon, you said 4-2-3-1, right? Yes. Who are your two holding players? Um, okay, Gazelle for sure, and I think Tiber will most likely slide back in there. And if you know what, I'm gonna to to say Gazelle and Felipe. Gazelle and Felipe. Mm. Yes. What about Tiber? Again, it has to do with my front three players. That's okay. why I'm hesitant on All right. Felipe um, because I think Reina is gonna play attacking mid. In my four four two, it's Gazelle and Felipe as well. Yeah, I would okay. agree with that. Right. Um, and who's well, the, who's Reina, this? Though. So, Reyna is my second striker. Yeah. So. Uh, in, bes- okay, right. Beside yeah, uh, beside Kamara. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But who is your... Is Reyna your attacking midfielder then? Yes. And yes, then Kamara up front? 
Yeah. Okay, so it's just a, a structural difference. So the two wings yeah. then, Nick? Davies. Davies. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Davies for sure. On the left or the right? He, well, again, interchange. I ran into Robo at the TSS Rovers game and I suggested to him play him on the right. You know, I wish I did, but I didn't. <laughs> I was, I was going to joke, but no, he's a nice guy, Robo. He said some stuff about the Atlanta game that I can't say on the right. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, I, would, I want Davies on the right. I just can't get away from that. But okay, Davies on one of the wings and on the other wing, it's a home game uh, to Chera. Yeah. Or Shea? Tichera. Especially, Tichera. you know, especially with the chemistry that he's shown that he can have with mm. Reyna. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Right. Shea mm. is kind of an enigma right now, isn't he? Yeah, he had a... I feel like when he scores on the road, he starts the next game, but that's just me. Who? Shea? <laughs> Breck Shea? Shea, yeah. Huh. Yeah. But he's had... He's been, like, ever since he missed that sitter... He's just not been good. He's just been in, on a run of bad form yeah. and... At least our other wingers are kind of on form. I mean, but you that. have to look at what what is his purpose on this team. His purpose on this team. Well, that's deep. Is to come come in when the team is in a tough spot yeah. and be a finisher. He, is that right? his role on the team? I feel like that's what he's like. He has good technique. He, he's there to change up the wing play. But he has good yeah. technique and he can finish a ball. He can, but no, that's that's something that we accidentally discovered early in the season. <laughs> But he's also like a utility left back when we need to attack, right? He's he's multi-purpose, right? Yeah, he's multi-purpose. I don't think he's specifically a finisher. I just think he's a quality enough player that he can do that apart from when it's a tap-in five yards from goal, you know? <laughs> he's a coverage for when wingers are playing bad. That's what I think he is. I would agree, but he's on DP money. So, But not, let's yeah. not even get into that. Um, all right, let's go to the final part of our show. It's the prediction game. Gideon did not join us last time for the prediction game because he was uh, dressed up as a princess in um, Disney World. Uh, <laughs> so Nick's three predictions. Oh, actually, Nick, we have something to talk about, about your predictions. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. You predicted 16 dribbles. For the Houston, there was 15. Oof. Just give it to him. Wait, but he also predicted Ace Davies dribbles, and there was seven. So I think between oh. those two, we'll give you one point, because you were so close yeah. on both of them. You okay. also said Marinovic would have two claims, but he was out with injury. Yeah. I said uh, Levis would have an assist, or sorry, Levi's would have an assist. Nope. Uh, Waston yellow card? No. And Kyoto goal didn't happen. So the season standings are Joe 10, Gideon 6, uh, Nick five, so Nick just moved Nick up. Nick slowly creeping up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get Gideon's predictions for this week. Okay, I think Brian Rowe will have five saves. Okay. I think Wilfred Zahibo of the Revolution is going to get a yellow card. Zahibo yellow card, okay. And Reina is going to have three key passes. Ooh, nice. We love a key pass on this. Uh, Nick, we do. your we love it. Nick, your predictions. Uh, I think. Uh, Gazal will have five tackles. Okay. I think there will be. Uh, I think that the you will have um, Felipe will get an assist. Okay. He has like six or five this season, right? <laughs> I think he does. I think he actually has six um, assists or five assists. And then, Felipe? yeah, I think so. Yeah, he has. I think five for sure. I don't know if it's six now. Yeah. Uh, just five. And then I think the Whitecaps will get a set-piece goal. Ooh. Good. Ooh. I think Waston will get a yellow card. 
<laughs> he's one. He's one away from a suspension, but he's going to the World Cup, so it doesn't. So he doesn't uh, care. Doesn't uh, I think Davies will have less than three dribbles. Ooh. So that is okay because he usually has way more than uh, than <laughs> three uh, dribbles. And I think um, Anibaba will have a yellow card as well. Mm. Yeah. Nothing. You know, you know. I've gotten to this point to the table by just keeping it vanilla and <laughs> doing those. Take, them, take it to the bank. Just take kind it of the stats. easy ones. Yeah. The easy throws. Hey, yeah. I'm here to win, all right? <laughs> the Caps could learn something from me. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's, well, you're still a free agent. So I'm still a free agent. Can, uh, no Summer League team has contacted me yet. So uh, <laughs> TSS Rovers, please get in touch. Uh, oh, yeah. We could do a TSS Rovers update. They won their last game 3 1. Uh, Gideon and I were there. Yep. It was a great game, mm-hmm. wasn't it, Gideon? Yeah, Nick and Osho again, kind of shocking. <laughs> no, it was a good game. You know, Nick Sulzma getting on the score sheet. It was a great. Sulzma was fantastic. Time. When I was keeping the stats, I had I, they asked me to keep stats of loss of possession, right? And it was pretty well distributed. Like at halftime, everyone had around four or five. Sulzma didn't give away the ball until almost past half an hour, and he played center forward, like on, as a lone center forward. It was nuts. He he's a fantastic addition to that team. Um, yeah, it's always a good good. Fun. Um, next game, I think it's June first. Um, June first against Calgary, the, the oh, Calgary Foothills. I cannot. Uh, I'm missing that game. This could be a great I game. Uh, or anyway, um, I'll watch it on YouTube. I'll watch you and uh, Michael call the game and <laughs> give you guys stats. I'll text you guys stats during the game. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, where can we find you guys on Twitter, Nick? Uh, Space Age Robot Fifty Six and Gideon. At underscore Gideon Hill on Twitter. And you can find me at uh, Joe DC Van, not Cheesy DZ anymore. Mm. <laughs> um, thank you very much for listening to the AFTM podcast, episode 270. Uh, we will be back hopefully next week to review the next Caps home game. There isn't a bye week for a long, long time. And we have so many ideas for bye weeks that we want to do. <laughs> we have the uh, full episode of Do You Know Who I Am's. The, the, the MLS rabbit hole uh, where you just go on Wikipedia and click through MLS content Stop. and just talk about it. Yeah, but there I, there won't be a bye week for a long time. Gideon, any thoughts on a, on a bye week content episode? Nick, that all sounds delicious. I think we should do that sometime. <laughs> just, just, just 45 do uh, you know who I am. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll I think call. it's a little, a little much, but 15 each I think we could swing it. It just feels <laughs> easy after a while, but if it's close at the end of the season, we might just do that. Yeah. Anyway, Caps play uh, this Saturday at home against New England. Uh, some of us will be at the game. Some of us will not. Tweet at us if you're there. We didn't answer questions this time, but we will ask for questions next week. And they're always a lot of fun to answer. So, again, thank you very much for listening to uh, the AFTM podcast. And enjoy the game. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the World Service of a Saturday afternoon... Crackly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?